0: Friday morning, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Made Man, where we cover the sixth-ever episode of Mad Men from the first season, Babylon. A lot happened in this episode, maybe not a lot. Uh, Stuff happened in this episode, a lot of character development, I think. well, I guess a lot of stuff happened. I mean, let's. I'm going to kind of take it from character to character. Obviously, we always start with Don Draper. Uh, in this episode, you know, he is brought in on this uh, tourism for Israel uh, ad, possible ad campaign. So that is one of his, that is kind of his focus work wise uh, for this episode. He has the guys in his office, he meets with people from the. Uh, the tourism board. They suggest a book for him to read that's going to be a, a Paul Newman movie. Uh, he reads that and he's kind of, you know, not as much excitement as he thought there would be. Talks about that with uh, with Betty who said the first boy she ever kissed was Jewish. And Tom was like, how did that happen? It's a lot of anti-Semitism. Uh, it, is, it, is, uh, it is steeped in anti-Semitism, all these guys. And I almost it's almost innocent anti-Semitism where they don't think they're being they're not being hateful. They but they don't realize how uh how prejudiced they can actually sound. The whole, you know, how did that happen thing is like, you're not like, you know, it's nothing wrong with it, but uh, with a Jewish person, but ooh, ooh, ooh. um at one point he goes and re- he meets with uh Rachel Mencken because wanted to maybe pick her brain because hey she's jewish and she's nice she must know things and he he said like i don't hate you know she said uh, oh she said, said something about the jewish people um maybe we we have uh, tolerance for doing business with people who hate us and he's like i don't hate you and she's like you know it, it it's easy to not hate uh, one person in other words Me, you you like, but you're still probably anti-Semite or, you know, at least prejudiced enough against Jewish people. Um, But you could see that he likes her more than just, it was a business meeting, quote unquote, but he does touch her hand. He does, you know, basically wish he could be with her more. And it turns out she feels the same way because we see her later calling, I assume her sister, her sister who's smoking a cigarette and the cigarettes dangling over The baby carriage as she's rocking it and she says she's fallen for this guy uh and you know he's got he's pretty you know he's okay when he has a couple of drinks in him he's got a good hair on his head uh obviously it's complicated it's more complicated for don because he is a man of multiple women uh we've gone we go from rachel to his girlfriend the hippy dippy girl who i don't know who she is the art the art uh beatnik you know, I don't know if the um, the hippie movement, I don't think, started yet. This is like 1960. So I still think of this as the, the Beatnik era. And whenever I think of Beatnik, I think of a Munster's episode where Herman Munster was doing uh, poetry. Like, I think. I, I don't know if that even happened. It might just be something in my head. I don't know why that's where my brain goes. Uh, but he, you know, he goes over to see her, obviously, because... He's frustrated that he didn't get to spend time with Rachel, so his first thought is, I'm going to my girlfriend. She's a sure thing. Uh, but, of course, uh, she gets a knock on the door from a hippy-dippy guy who is like, hey, I'm starting my own theater. You want to go down and see, uh, they're doing a, you know, a music, some band's going to play something. And they're like, Don, you should come. Yeah, bring your dad, because he's the, he's the square. And they go, and the guys have some, you know, subtle arguments back and forth about you know working for advertising or not even having a job. And there's some guy reading literally reading an uh, a wedding announcement from the newspaper and that was considered like poetry. Then a woman says some some short thing and all they care about is her taking her shirt off. And then a couple musicians come up and they're singing Babylon and I know that's a real song, right? That I don't know that song, but I I think I I think it's a song I think I've heard it before. Um but it's funny because Earlier in the episode, uh, Rachel talks about, uh, you know, the Jewish people originally in Babylon. The name of the song is Babylon. The, 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 the term Zion is used in the song. It was used earlier in the episode. So it kind of tied things together. And I think Don kind of, I think, listening to that music, seeing his, you know, uh, girlfriend, whatever you want to call her, with another guy, Another guy, friend. But hearing that song brought him back to Rachel, and he's more focused on her now than ever. That's my guess. That's my guess of where it's going. But that was Don's thing. I mean, he he did have some time with Betty um, early in the episode. It was Mother's Day, uh, and he the first thing we see is him trying to make breakfast in bed for her. And he slips on a toy, falls down, everything crashes, and we get a quick little flashback of uh, him as a young dick whitman uh seeing his brother baby brother being brought home from the hospital he's like that's not my brother like you have the same father of course it's your brother so i don't know where the dad is i don't know what this upbringing is but uh, there's an uncle there there's a couple women there there's the mom um which is not his mom so obviously little dicky whitman uh is not doesn't look like he has a great childhood because he was like there's a lot of screaming and the uncle's like there always is i don't know what that meant that meant the child was born right there maybe it wasn't brought from the hospital i don't know uh but that was just quickly dispelled that you know they got done. The, the family you know he was fine they all went off for the day when they came home him and betty um i believe they got it on but not before she said you know i want you all i think about is you I've been thinking about this all day. I try. She talks about the different things she does, but she can't focus on it because all she thinks about is him and him coming home. And it w- it was like borderline sweet, borderline sad. Sweet, obviously, she thinks about her husband, but sad that that seems to be her existence, waiting for her husband to come home, where he's off working and philandering. He's a philanderer who philanders, uh, and he's not the only one in that office who's a philanderer who philanders. Obviously, Roger Sterling. The man, uh, Don's boss, himself is a philanderer, and he is getting on with Joan, the redhead secretary. Uh, And obviously, it's been going on for a year. Early on in the episode, we see uh, Roger's family, his wife, who is his real-life wife, and his daughter, are visiting. They want to get a haircut for the daughter. The daughter is sarcastic. He's like... um, and Joan comes over and is like, "Oh, I know a great place we can get you hair. Like, come on, let's go make an appointment." Uh, cut to later, Roger is sitting in up in bed, and he's saying, "I don't know where we lost her. She used to love coming to my office. Now she doesn't want to work. She's had two boyfriends. One joined the army. The other one committed suicide. <laughs> she uh, she doesn't want to go to college. I don't know what's going on." And I expect the wife to come out and say something, but no, it's Joan, and they're in a hotel room, and she's putting a dress back on and he's like this has been the greatest year of my life so they've been uh getting it on for a year now stepping on at his wife how miserable he was uh and now he gets to uh be with her all the time and he wishes that he could have her own he could get her her own apartment um And she's like, you like the sneaking around. That's part of the, that you like. He's like, no, I want you in an apartment with no walls, no doors. And you wait there all week for me. I mean, literally it's almost in a weird way. What, uh, what Betty was saying, where I, I, I wait for you. That's what I do. You know, she doesn't, she's not walled up, but she's at home waiting for him. And that's what Roger wants with his girlfriend. And he's like, I'll get you a a little bird. So you can have some company. And later on the episode, they meet up in the hotel and there he has the little bird for her. So she's not alone. Uh I think he thought he was doing a nice thing. She's like, "Oh, you didn't." But, I mean, come on. Really? That bird is sitting in that cage the same way he wants, Joan. I hope her name's Joan, because I've been saying it the whole time. He wants Joan in that cage. That he—that bird is a symbolism for Joan. Sit there and wait for me, and you can't do anything, and no one else can touch you, and you got nothing else. Because she's like, I like to have parties, and like, with men. She's like, oh, we have friends, me and this other woman. Roger wants her all for herself. So it's interesting to see uh, where that goes over the years. I have no idea, you know? I assume they're both in the show the entire run, so... Who knows what could happen? But uh, there was at the last scene of the episode, Joan leaves, walking out of the hotel with the bird. And I thought she was just going to leave the bird and walk off, but she is waiting for a cab. And then Roger comes out with his hat low. He walks over to another part of the road, waiting for the cab. And they don't even uh, they don't even reference each other. They don't even make note of each other because. This is the this is the secret, you know, little sneaking around that they do. They don't do anything except uh, hang up, hang out in the hotel, and get busy. I'm trying to think, what else really happened in this episode? The guys met in Don's office and uh, we're talking about Israel and. They were a little, you know, they had their subtle anti-Semitism about, about, oh, the Jewish, these women in Israel look so nice, so much better than the, than the Jewish people are around here. Uh, so that was pretty anti-Semitic. There wasn't a lot with Pete or, uh, I want to say Ken, I don't know. The guys didn't do a lot of other, th- um, the guys who worked for Don. They weren't featured in this episode that much but we did get a new character uh uh, who's the head of research i don't remember his name but it's friggin joel murray i was like so excited to see that he's on this show and apparently he's on the show a lot uh and if you don't know who joel murray is you might know his big brother bill murray or his other big brother brian doyle murray but you do know who bill murray is Joel Murray is an actor. Uh, I believe for years he was on Dharma and Greg, but that's not what I know him from. He was in a little movie called Moving Violations. I loved it. It wasn't that good, but that's not what I know him from. I know him from this classic, savage Steve Holland movie, One Crazy Summer. If you've ever seen One Crazy Summer, if you remember the guy who had his... his Self buried up to his neck and then a large fat man to put a chair down over him ate baked beans and then f- almost farted this man to death yes that is what happened in this movie that is joel murray and that is the man who's the head of research at sterling cooper and it was so awesome to see him um what does he do he was where work- he's working on lipstick and they thought you know what's the best way to uh to get an idea of lipstick, is to get all the girls in the office in into a little research room, so that they could try on all this lipstick. And it was really creepy because there's a one-way mirror, uh, or two-way mirror, whatever you want to say. And um, all the guys were like, "Oh, we're we missing it." And they're all getting there. It's almost like they're in a movie theater. They're watching all the girls try lipstick. Uh, they're, they're they're like they're judging the girls. Sal's like, "Nope, not this one. Nope, not that one." Um, Joan knows it's to a glass, so she's shaking her... She kind of looks right in the glass shakes her booty a little bit. She knows what's going on. But they really make these girls look like lemmings. Like, ooh, lipstick! I'm a pretty girl. I want to try on lipstick! It was, like, almost feel like is that how girls thought they had to act? Is that how girls acted in the workplace where, like, they finally got a chance to do something that wasn't just typing? Uh, but it was, it was interesting that Peggy didn't try on any lipstick because her color, uh, wasn't available someone took her color and they noticed that and what one of the guys called her hey what's going on with uh was it bunny ears or rabbit ears or something he called he said something about her ears it was pretty mean but um joe murray noticed it when uh she came up with all the tissues because they wanted to see how many tissues for different colors were used which colors were used the most she's like here's your basket of, of kisses and he was like whoa, he kind of thought that was interesting. I mean, he still says, that was interesting, sweetheart, and all these things. But I think he was, first of all, surprised that a girl thought of this. And second of all, he was actually impressed by the creativity of uh, that little term. Because he's like, who told you that? She's like, what do you mean? I just made it up right now. And he noticed that she didn't try on lipstick because her her color wasn't available. And she was like, I I didn't want to just be you know, one of the hundred colors in the box or something like that. Basically, she's saying, I'm not going to try on lipstick just for trying lipstick. I like my color. That's the color I use. So I think that was an interesting thing to the point where later on, she actually got asked to write some copy uh, when she's not doing all her other work. She can get a little copy. I think she gets a little money. And you can see Joan Linton is the one who told her uh, the, the news because I guess they don't even, the guys don't, couldn't even be bothered. But I think I sensed some um, jealousy in Joan I, I swear, if her name's not Joan, I apologize. But I, I sensed some jealousy in her telling uh, Peggy these things. But Peggy was like, you could, she was thrilled to not just be doing the uh, the same old thing. And Joel Murray's character went in to tell Don that you know uh, how impressed he was with Peggy. He's like, Peggy, I, I try not to look straight at her so I don't get, catch earnestness or something because he looks at her as such so innocent. Um, but you could see he was a little impressed by the whole thing. Uh, the whole. This episode, basically, the major points were uh, Peggy, the guys realize Peggy has a brain. Peggy stood out. She actually gets a little, um, she gets to do a little copy on the side. Who knows what that'll lead to. Don, I think, even though he's got his wife, even though he's got his girlfriend, his focus, I believe, is on Rachel. Uh, the, the, The tourism board of Israel was just kind of an excuse to be able to see her. She is into him. Uh, and at the same time, Roger Sterling loves his wife, loves his kid, but really just wants to get a divorce and hang out with uh, Joan all day, every day. And when she's not with him, he wants her in a cage waiting for him. I believe that's the episode. Um, the, the, the the title is Babylon, which I'm assuming is in reference to uh Rachel talking about the Jewish people in Babylon. The song at the end, Babylon. But I'm sure it's some sort of metaphor to everything they have going on there. It was a little musical montage at the end. Um, I don't know how I brought uh, an episode of the Monsters into this. But I did. I did. And I think that's it. I think I covered just about everything. Uh, so what do you say? It's Friday. It's the last Friday of August. And uh, did we get six Fridays in August? I mean, oh, no. We got five fridays in august because the first episode of made man that came out on august first obviously came out on a wednesday then we had the third the 10th the 17th the 24th and today the 31st the last day of august kids are back in school uh the weather will start to cool down hopefully it's too friggin hot out right now but one thing that will not change is that every week i will be coming back to you with a new episode of Made Man, talking about a new episode every time of Mad Men as I make my way through every single episode. You can follow along with me right here at fansnotexperts.com slash Made or if you're listening to the podcast, you already know that we're available on iTunes, we're available on Stitcher, we're available on TuneIn, we're available on Google Play Music Podcast. If people actually use that, I don't think they do. But we're available all over the place if you have a podcast app if you search ma- madman or made man you will find us we are there we are everywhere and we means me there's no one else doing this but me okay hello morris brothers how are you hello uh i don't know who else is listening but if you're there hello you want to reach out to me you can email me at mademan at fans you can leave a comment in the blog post over at fansnotexperts.com. On this show episode, you can leave a comment. Or you can tweet to me, at Made man Pod. We're also on, on uh, Facebook. It's facebook.com slash fansnotexperts. And I feel a tickle in my throat coming, and here comes a cough. <coughs> so with that, <coughs> I'm going to go get a drink of water. I'm going to end this episode. And thank you for listening. As I go along this journey to become a Made Man Fans